What is truth? I mean, who's to say? Who's to say that we never landed on the moon? I mean, if we did, all of a sudden, why are we going back now? I mean, who's to say that the earth isn't flat? I mean, can scientists really be trusted? Who's to say that 5G causes the coronavirus? Fact, that idea spread it faster than the virus itself. Who's to say that birds aren't real? I mean, drones look pretty good nowadays, right? Who's to say that dinosaurs never existed? What if all those bones are just giant human bones, right? Who's to say that powerful and elite people aren't just reptiles in disguise, right? It just makes sense. Now say, the, the, some of these ideas and theories may sound crazy, but they are widely believed thoughts and theories. Listen, this is true. If we hear something enough from places or people that we trust, we will believe almost anything. In today's society, it's almost this thought of when you have repetition, who needs validation? I pray that during this series, we will humble ourselves and we will ask God, are we missing anything? I'm doing that myself because at the speed and power of digital media and with our addictions to our screens and all these crazy ideas and conspiracy theories being replayed and reposted on our feeds, I mean, so we are full of it. But we believe people that we landed on the moon in 1969, at least I do, the earth is uh, not flat, it's a sphere. That 5G does not cause coronavirus, even though it does cause me specifically to believe I need to upgrade my phone every couple of months. Birds are real. I have the evidence of them being real on the hood of my car every time that I wash it, right after I wash it. And dinosaurs are real. I mean, we've all seen Jurassic Park. They have to be real. It looks too good, right? But hey, those lies that maybe your crazy aunt or your crazy uncle is posting on Facebook, I call those no-brainer crazy. Like you see it and you're like, okay, there's no way. But how about these thoughts? Were you assigned the wrong gender at birth? Are you really the divine handiwork of a loving God or are you just pure matter? And speaking of matter, does anything really matter? Do you have a purpose? Is there a God in heaven? Is there a hell? Is there a judgment? Are these things real? Are these things true? Or can you just live life the way that you see best, the way that you see fit, whether you like it or not? No matter what generation you find yourself identifying with, a post-truth world is where you live. So what are you what are we going to do? What is truth? It's important that we, as God's people, know God's truth is absolute, but not only that, if we want to win our world, which is what we at Faith Promise are called to do, win our world to Jesus, if we wanna do that, then we have to know how people go about understanding truth and how they live out truth in their life. Listen, this truth series is not, actually this truth series cannot be about winning an argument. It cannot be about being right. Because I mean, if we're honest, today's truth for most people is just a reflection of you. We get to have the truth that reflects what we wanna believe, what we wanna see. 
Near the time of Jesus' death, Jesus was arrested and taken to a man named Pilate, who was the authority in the area and the judge and justice of truth. In their seemingly short meeting and even shorter conversation, Pilate gets frustrated with Jesus because there's so much pressure put on Pilate. I'd encourage you to read it. There's a lot of pressure put on Pilate. But one of Jesus' followers, John, he actually records the whole thing for us, the whole conversation in John 18. But there's something very important in verses 37 and 38. Pilate says, you are a king then. Talking to Jesus, Pilate said, Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Now we're gonna talk more about this, but look at what Jesus said. Everyone on the side of truth. That means there's a line drawn, there is a truth, and if there is a truth, then there is a false. There is a untrue. I love what Pilate said, and I believe it is what our world is screaming if we will listen with compassion and not with our opinion. What is truth? Pilate retorted. I really do believe Pilate wanted to know what truth was, but he missed truth even though he was looking in the face of truth. For faith promise, we know exactly who truth is. Our truth is one that we can trust. Our truth is a person. We believe there is a truth you can trust and that truth is a person. So this weekend, no matter when or where you are joining us from, wherever you're watching from, let me ask you, do you know, do you believe, are you living a truth that reflects the truth a truth worth living out. Let's pray. God, we come before you this weekend and begging you for transformation, begging you for transformation. God, I really do believe this weekend can mobilize us. This can, be the, this can be the foundation for revival as we look at your truth. God, please, there's people at all of our campuses who don't know you, and we pray this weekend will be the weekend that they find truth, a truth that surpasses understanding, a truth, that, uh, 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 an acceptance, a love, uh, a, a purpose like, like the world cannot offer. We are excited. We have high anticipation. Meet with us today in your precious name, we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, welcome to Faith Promise Church. Whether you're a regular with us or if this is your first time taking a look and a chance on church, we hope that this weekend brings clarity in confusing times. But hey, I just wanna celebrate for just a second. We have people joining from 12 campuses. We've got people online, but hey, I gotta tell you, God Behind Bars, GBB, baptized 51 people this weekend. 51 people. Unbelievable. Gosh, God is moving. I'm telling you, God is moving, and I pray that you don't miss it. If you're not already listening to the Purpose Podcast, you can go to the QR code on the screen, and you can begin listening. Um, It's available on Spotify, YouTube, Apple TV, wherever you want to watch it. Hey, but hey, this weekend, we start in this series, and we share the story of Robbie, who's now one of our pastors on staff, but he left Christianity in his 20s in search for truth. So if your story sounds something like Robbie's or if you have someone in your life that their story sounds something like Robbie's, join us 
so that you can know your next steps, but also so you can help other people know their next steps and you can win your world. Speaking of next steps, hey, week one is next week. Don't miss it. We wanna help you discover your purpose. Come have dinner with us. Come see what God has for you. He is, Jesus bought you with a price because he has such huge plans for you. Hey, speaking of dinner, I love dinner. It's one of my three favorite meals of the day. But um, at our house, we have, we have a routine. So we'll have dinner together and the kids will go put on their PJs and then we do Bible time. Now, Valor, he's just now joined us. He's two. Uh, he's more of a menace, right? Uh, he doesn't know Jesus yet. but uh, So he's a terror a little bit, but he's joining us some. But we use the Kids Version Bible app, which is a game changer. It's so good. And we use that. And River, who's four, and JL, who's eight, they go back and forth picking the Bible story. Whoever doesn't pick gets a ride on my back to, to either way, more than you need to know. Here's what you do need to know. The other, two weeks ago, JL, it was her turn to pick a story and she just happened to pick the resurrection story. And so we go through it and we're doing all this and there's questions in there. It's such a great tool to help you disciple your family so that they can win their world. <coughs> but this, this, was, this was a surreal moment. We're doing it, we get done and JL looks at me and she just laying right under my arm right here. And she says, dad, what if none of this is true? What if none of this is real? And guys, listen, my degrees are in the Bible. And I'm telling you, I, I could feel my face getting hot. I could feel my stomach not enough. And I had this deal of, oh, I gotta answer this question, right? But I was also frustrated that she would even ask the question. Hey, listen, mom and dad, conservatively, I have done six to 900 Bible times with J.L. Stevens. And it was the sixth to ninth hundredth one when she said, dad, what if this isn't real? It took that long to get to that point and every single one was worth it so we could have that conversation. And I'll, I'll walk you through how I answered a little later, but what an incredible question. Real talk this weekend. Students, no cap this weekend. The, the, the church has to learn how to deal with doubt. Doubt is not the enemy of belief. In my personal opinion, disobedience is the enemy of belief. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but we all have doubts. Hey, if you look at the verse right before the Great Commission, that's when Jesus sends them out to win the world to Jesus. This is in Matthew 28, right, 17 through 20. Before he sends them out, it said that some of them doubted. These are Jesus' closest friends. They're looking at the resurrected Jesus with nail prints, in, with, with nail-scarred hands, yet some of them doubt. <coughs> Listen, but these doubters became the same ones that went out and won their world, the world, to Jesus. Doubt does not disqualify you. That is why we encourage you to get into a group. Listen, sure, YouTube has great sermons and TikTok has great clips and Instagram has great, great quotes, but if you're struggling with doubt or addiction, you're struggling to win your world to Jesus, listen, when you get into a group, loving Christ followers help you. They listen to you in person and they walk you to your next step. That's why we're launching these eight-week groups called Equip to Win. If you're not in a group, join us. I'm telling you, God will transform your life and you will be equipped to win your world. It'll make a difference like you've never experienced. Please, don't doubt alone. Don't look for truth alone. And listen, don't do life alone. Join a group, take your next step. Listen, if you're a Christ follower, 
James, the half-brother of Jesus, right? He writes this in James 1, 22 through 24, and this is so big. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Do what it says. Now listen, it says anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself in the mirror goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I would say that the majority of people joining us this weekend, we believe that God's truth is absolute truth. But do we believe that with our lives, with our words, with our decisions, with our priorities, with our finances? And do we know why we believe it? Or are we looking on the weekend at group in our quiet time and then walking away and forgetting? Another massive point to this passage is the Bible is not a window for you to look out of and judge the world and say it's going to hell in a handbasket, but it is a mirror for you to look into, reflect on, and be transformed by. Listen, amen, we have got some praise on that. But this is, this is massive because the devil wants us to use it as a window to judge and not a mirror to reflect on so that we miss our mission of being transformed into God's love and going out and sharing God's love. It's not our job to judge. Everyone sees, listen, everyone wants to know truth and everyone is looking for truth in all kinds of different ways. And the reason that everyone is looking for truth is because God has put a desire for truth in every creation, in every person. This is big and this is biblical. Wise King Solomon wrote this in Ecclesiastes uh, 3 verses 11. Now this is from the Amplified Version because I think it articulates it so well. It says this, God has made everything beautiful and appropriate at its time. He has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, in every human heart. That's a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man, man, woman, human beings, we cannot find out. We can't comprehend or grasp what God has done, his overall plan from beginning to end. That's because God is infinite and we are finite. That's because he is God and we are not. He gets to set truth and we do not. It's important that we reflect on this passage. I just want you to see three things and we're gonna keep going. The first one, it says that he has appointed everything. God has a plan. The other thing I want you to see is God has an eternal purpose for everyone. That's why it's one of our values to discover purpose. That's why people get so heated in these discussions is because there is a desire for eternity in people, but the devil has twisted it from abuse, from lies, from, from, from drama, from trauma. That's what they're desiring. We don't fall into an argument, we fall into loving people. The third thing I want us to see is we must humble ourselves to admit we do not have all the answers. We can't grasp all that God is, but hey, listen, just because we do not understand something doesn't make it untrue. 
I cannot write out for you the mathematical equation for gravity. But if I go up to the roof and I give it a jump, I'm gonna splat. Whether I understand it or not, that does is, that is not make it not a law. All right, so I've offended some people. Here I come for the rest of you. Listen, here's another truth I want us to reflect on. There are parts of Christianity that are religion. Listen, Jesus is the ultimate truth and anything Christian or not that detracts or distracts from Jesus is a religion and possibly an idol. It's, it's not churchianity, it's not Baptistanity, it's Christianity. Now careful, Zach, careful. Listen to what Jesus said in John 14, six. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. None, no one come to the Father except through me. Did God really say that? Did, did he really say something so narrow-minded? The way, like there's no other way? The truth, like, like the only truth? Would Jesus really, would a loving God really say that? Listen, we're gonna talk more about Jesus next week. What a great time to invite your friends that are asking questions or maybe they think there's a multiple ways to heaven. What a great opportunity to come and to hear in depth about Jesus Christ. But listen, yes, Jesus really did say that. And even more, he was willing to die for that truth. I pray that we leave this week and no matter where you're joining us from, I pray you leave this service believing and knowing that God has and is absolute truth. And it's hard in a world where we can simply look into a mirror and pick a truth that fits us best like our favorite pair of jeans or our favorite jacket or even more, live in a society where if we look and we don't like it, we can filter that bad boy until it looks exactly how we want it to look or at least good enough to let other people see it. But hey, remember, there is a truth that you can trust. That truth is a person and that person's not you. That person's not me. That person's not your favorite talking head. It's not your favorite politician. It's not your favorite thinker, athlete, business leader, or anybody else. Listen, there's another time in another place, another follower of Jesus named Paul, who finds himself in a city that really reflects a lot of different values, a lot of different interpretations of truth, a lot like what we see today. And this is in Acts 17, and I'm gonna read you some verses today. And I wanna go verse by verse, and not only will we see a society that reflects whatever truth that you want to like ours does, but we'll also see how we are supposed to respond. So if you say, hey, I believe that the truth is a person and I can trust that truth, that truth is Jesus, if you, that's fine. But look at how we're supposed to respond to a world that doesn't believe that. In verse six, so Acts 17, starting in verse 16, it says, while Paul was waiting in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. Listen, he saw that the city was full of idols. He didn't gossip about it. He didn't get offended by it. He didn't post about it. He didn't journal about it. He was distressed by it. He was bummed by it. I love in Romans uh, 9, 1 through 3, Paul says, I'm in, I'm in anguish. I would give up my spot if my brothers and sisters would come to know Christ. 
Paul is distressed. What does he do with that distress? In verse 17, it says, so he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks. That means he reasoned with people who looked like him and people who didn't with people who voted like him and people who didn't, with people who believed like him and people who didn't. Paul didn't know that he didn't get the opportunity or the, or the privilege to discriminate because there's a heaven and a hell for everybody. And I love it. he keeps on going, for Jews and God-fearing Greeks as well as in the marketplace day by day. He reasoned at church and he reasoned in the marketplace. He did not parcel out, he did not compartmentalize his Jesus. Because it's so true to Paul, there was no opportunity for that. So he reasoned in the synagogue and in the marketplace. It keeps on going in verse 18. A group of those who happened, a group of those Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to advocate a foreign God. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Listen, just because you meet opposition doesn't mean you don't have the truth. Listen, you may think, well, Zach, I'm dumb. I don't have all the answers. They called Paul a babbler. Paul wrote 13 books of the New Testament. I think he had it going on. Paul actually knew by heart the first five books of the Bible, and they called him a babbler. I think actually the more we live with truth, the more opposition that we will face. Amen, I, I really do think that. But you know what I love about Paul? Paul knew all this stuff, Paul saw Jesus, and Paul never stopped preaching about the resurrection of Jesus. I love this, he never, he never quit on that. And he never stopped, whether he was preaching a sermon or he was talking to people in the marketplace, he never quit talking about the resurrection of Jesus. I love it. I've been so impacted by that in my study of the Bible this year. The New Testament, they never stopped talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Let's keep on going. In verse 21, it says, all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking and listening to the latest ideas. Does that not sound like our society, right? Does that not reflect the reality that people live in? The truth can be whatever you want it to be, we're just gonna talk about the latest post and the latest State of the Union and the latest conversation. We're just gonna keep distracted by that. Well, that wasn't good enough for Paul. It says this, Paul stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus. That's where they would talk about things. And Paul said this, uh, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. Hey, being religious and following rules, it's just not enough. That just doesn't cut it. It's not a rule, it's a relationship. But listen to verse 23. It says, for as I walked around and carefully looked at your objects of worship, I even found the altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very things you worship, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. So Paul meets a society that doesn't believe in truth, that doesn't believe in God, and listen, here's what I want you to know. He doesn't cower away. He doesn't go to his group and say, let's hold hands and say, bless their heart, right, so I can gossip about them, and no. What he does is he stands in and he describes them what truth is. He defines the reality of God. 
In verses 24 and 25, Paul says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples made by human hands. And he, does not, he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself uh, gives life to, and breath to everything else. Listen, Paul gives us some truths. He says the truth is God is first and final. Listen, what God says, what God does, it is first and it is final. He is the alpha and the omega. Even though we don't understand it, God sets truth, we don't. In verse 26, it says, for one man, he made all nations and, they, uh, and they, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and boundaries of their lands. Listen, the truth is God has a plan. And listen, I know that you've went through some hard things in your life and there have been some sudden challenges, but God is sovereign of the sudden. He is involved, he has a plan. He wants to be in every part of your life. In verse 27, it says, God did this so they would seek him and perhaps reach out and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. The truth is God wants a relationship with people. God wants a relationship with you. He has set, not only has he set truth that there is a heaven and a hell, but he's also set the truth that he wants a relationship with you. And, let, and, and just let me skip ahead one more. In verse 31, it says, for he has, God has set a date that he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. That's Jesus. He has given proof of this to everyone uh, by raising him from the dead. The truth is that the resurrection of Jesus from death to life is the truest thing about us. It's, if you're a Christian, it's the truest thing that's ever happened to you. There is a truth you can trust and that truth is a person. Now follow me on this. Our truth is grounded by a book, the Bible. It's grounded by a book, but our truth is founded on a person. That's Jesus. And our truth is rooted in the resurrection of that person, in the resurrection of Jesus. That's a claim that no other religion has made, that our truth is rooted in the resurrection. We believe the Bible because of what Jesus believed about the Bible. Listen, the Bible, I love the Bible. I, we've got degrees in it. The Bible is, is not the basis for your faith. The resurrection of Jesus is the basis for your faith. And listen, it's, the, the resurrection of Jesus is not a fairy tale. It was, it was witnessed by eyewitnesses. First, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. He had to go to women first, that's right. Jesus went to them, right? And then he went to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, James, his half-brother. That's one of the things I walked through JL, my daughter with. I said, would you die for one of Rivers' lies? No way. She wouldn't even give a snack up for one of Rivers' lies. And I said, James died, gave his life for the fact that Jesus was the Savior. Why? Because he saw him. Just for fun, do you know the probability of Jesus fulfilling just eight of the prophecies written about him long ago in the Old Testament? It's about one to the, it's one in 10 to the 17th power. Or if you're not a math person, one in 100 million billion, which is insane. But that's nothing compared to the fact that Jesus fulfilled over 300 
prophecies, mathematically proving that he's the Messiah. You know that no other religion even makes the claim? They don't even say that. Muhammad didn't say that. John Smith didn't say that. No other deity has even, has even attempted to say that that's the case because there is a truth that you can trust and that truth is a person. Can I give you one more truth that the person of Jesus so desperately wants you to know? In 2 Corinthians 5.10, it says this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due for us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. There will be a judgment of people who knew Jesus and, and served Jesus and lived for him and people who didn't. There'll also be a judgment for the people who knew Jesus for what they did with this truth. Church, what if we stopped trying to secure our status or defend our turf and really started listening to the questions that the world has for us? The pilots of the world wanna know. The jails of the world wanna know. The people in your world want to know. If we are going to win the world, we have to help people find what is missing. Do they know there's a truth that they can trust and that truth is a person and does who you are and how you live reflect the truth of that person. God, we come before you today and Abba, Father, I just pray that we're transformed. Jesus, there's nothing in the world that's more true than you and the fact that you died and rose from the grave. And there's people in here, they're gonna believe that for the first time today. God, we could point to all the, all the prophecies and every, all the other crazy things that you did, but Jesus, God, the craziest thing you did was love us and give your life for us so we could have a relationship with Jesus. God, please let this truth mobilize us, resurrect us out of a sedentary life and send us to win our world. In your precious name we pray, amen.